0: It's the Brew Ha Ha Podcast.
1: Time for the drive. Brew Ha Ha with Herlinda Harris. Cheers. And the brew that we're going to be talking about today on the Brew Ha Ha is Saki. The Brew Ha is brought to you by the Russian River Brewing Company and the Victory House at Poppy Bank Epicenter. Joining us on today's program, Michael John, Vice President of Development with the Omurasaki Beverage Company. And locally, we've got Chef Keita Tominaga from Hana, mm-hmm. your favorite Japanese restaurant in Roner Park. Welcome, everybody, to the Brew Thanks
2: for coming in, you guys. Good evening. He Good just evening. Michael just got off a plane directly to come and be on the show today. I'm very Happy excited about that. Right on. And uh, Kato like, ran out of the kitchen. Ran out of the
3: kitchen. Thank you for having me. <laughs> and I'm then he'll be running be back. <laughs> and I'll be running back after the show.
2: <laughs> Especially since it's also uh, the Lunar New Year.
3: Lunar New Year. And, and I
2: learned how to say that earlier today. Um, and that is, let, let me say, Akemashite. Uh, Omedito.
3: Okay,
1: I just did a wine segment, so I'm not trying any pronunciations today. Well,
2: I did. I, we did prelude with a little bit of uh, sake uh, before we started here.
0: So now we're all sufficiently refreshed. Yes, Perfect. yes, a
2: prelude. So, but um, if people are wondering why is there sake on a beer show, well, everybody calls sake rice wine, but it's actually brewed like beer. It is a grain, and it's uh, you, uh, there's a special yeast used with it, and it's cooked and boiled, unlike wine, which is pressed.
0: Steamed, not boiled. Yes,
2: yeah, <laughs> yes, and cooked, um, unlike wine and cider, uh, grapes and apples that actually just go from a raw to a fermented stage. Right, right. Mm-hmm. So this is actually a lot more like beer. So this just makes me very happy because sake is really my favorite beverage of all time.
1: We don't need to justify why (laughs) we're having sake
2: on the (laughs)
0: brew. We
2: just
1: are going to have it.
0: I I do like to tell people it's it's made like a beer, it drinks like a wine.
2: Mm. And I just found out also from Michael, uh, he's going to be uh, judging in Japan in March, that the W sets for the you know what the sommeliers you know use for you know when they're beginning to taking their exams sake is actually now part of
0: the wing- WSET well wine program yeah, yeah wine tell us spirit about education that. trust now uh, uh, in, in included sake as part of their curriculum they've got a level one and a level three program and um, it's taught here in the United States and around the world at this point there's yeah, they've got little classes all over the, the globe now to teach sake.
2: I kind of wish they put it in the beer category so <coughs> then I could judge beer and cider and sake uh, when I go to other countries to judge. It'd be so, fun. Yeah. So, good. how are things going over at Hana, Keita? Uh,
3: Hana's uh, doing good. Um, we've been um, taking over a lot of different roles now um, since last year, and um, I've been, I would say, getting less uh, overwhelmed by it now, getting used to it little by little. Um, I'm enjoying myself. I'm happy with the staff. Um, I'm ha- really happy with the food and how it's turning out. Um, and, um, you know, if we're always there, if people want the best Japanese food uh, in the North Bay. And also, um, I go to uh, Pabu, which is in San Francisco, which is a partner restaurant with Mina Group. With Michael
2: Mina, yeah. I remember Mina. when your father, our, our, my mentor, Kenichi Tomonaga, who, who passed uh, sadly last year, and um, uh, when he started Pabu, I got to go to the party to yes, start. Yes. Yeah, there.
3: it was. Uh, so I'll be there. Um, we mean, I try to be there once a week. Okay. So, um, you know, if people are in San Francisco um, looking for Hana flavors, uh, Japanese flavors in San Francisco as well, uh, please stop by Pabu um, in uh, in the financial district.
2: And Pabu actually has Stuart Caldwell. No, not Caldwell. Stuart Morris. Stuart Morris. 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 Yes. He was the first of six non Japanese sake master sommeliers in the world. And the first non-Japanese speaking one, if I remember correctly.
0: Impressive. I did not yeah. know that. No.
3: <laughs> and then, uh, I believe he uh, he's um, going to Yamagata uh, to uh, to help make uh, sake uh, as well. So uh, he's going to be there for a month, and uh, he'll come back with uh, more uh, tools and more yummy sake. So please come in to uh, taste all that, too.
2: Okay, well, let yeah. us know. The, uh, you know what? Please bring him in when he's ready. Oh, yeah. And let's oh, do that, because that nice. would be a That'd serious treat. Sure, and, yes. Right, and then uh, you just got off a plane. You were in Portland?
0: I was in Portland. We had a, a sake trade show up there on Monday. Mm-hmm. On Monday, uh, It was very, very well attended, and then I meandered down to Eugene and drove across the pass to Bend mm-hmm. and back to Portland yesterday and now jumped on a plane this morning, and here I am in San Francisco. So, yeah. Michael,
1: I assume when you said we, you're referring to the Omurasaki Beverage Company. Yes. Tell us about that.
0: Uh, yeah, uh, a gentleman by the name of Ross Coda uh, who's the third generation of a Japanese American family? Uh, his grandfather founded a farm in the San Joaquin Valley in the 1910s. Wow. Um, so Ross is the third generation of that family to own and run the farm. And the family's originally from Fukushima, Japan. <clears throat> the grandfather emigrated in 1908. So Ross, a couple of years ago, approached me in December of 2019. I said, I have this idea. I'm looking for a familial cultural connection to where my family's from, which is in Fukushima, Japan. And I have this idea. I want to take my, my California organic rice and send it back to my hometown where my grandfather was raised and make sake and bring it back to the United States. So really the whole genesis of this project was the fact that he wanted a cultural familial connection to where his family's from. So that was, that was the genesis.
2: Yeah, and that's what was really cool about this and kind of intriguing for me when I went to... Keta invited me to uh, a night when you guys were doing a pouring there and uh, a whole dinner with that, and it was California, not that far from here, rice grown and t- turned into sake, and it's just fantastic. And I know, like, yeah. s- even like Single Thread Kitchen has served this sake. It's our
0: number one. It's our number one customer as far as volume in the country. They've done four hundred bottles uh, in the wow. last quarter of two thousand twenty-two. Incredible of uh, our Uka Black Label.
2: Yeah, so they do. But in-
0: you mentioned something about tr- You know, transforming. Um, Just a minute ago, and our brand called Uka, the the sake that we're talking about tonight, Uka literally means metamorphosis or emergence or transformation. So we've got a little butterfly on our label. And the reason we call it Uka, just like a caterpillar metamorphosizes or transforms into a butterfly, we're taking our California organic rice, sending it back to Japan, and it's metamorphosizing into sake. So that's where the brand name comes from.
2: So fantastic. So, okay, Mm. speaking of, let's do some pouring. Uh, and some tasting. I'm gonna. And, I'm
0: gonna pass it down. I'm gonna pass it down to Keita and let him uh, help out Harry.
2: There you go. And because it, it is bad manners, I don't know if bad luck to pour your own sake, if I remember correctly, it's, and, or your own tea, something like that.
0: You know, it's funny. <laughs> it, it, there is, some there truth, is uh, a
1: difference, Herlinda.
2: Yeah, it's well. There's one or the other. <laughs> uh, maybe it's both.
0: When I, it's funny because when I'm with the brewers, normally we'll all be polite and poor for. We'll all be polite and pour for each other. Uh, in the beginning, but usually after the first or second pour, the brewers will be like, you know, let's dispense with the formalities. We'll just pour, pour for ourselves. But at
2: least kick it off, right? So
0: yes, yes, like, yes. That's how you kick yes. it off.
2: And then, actually, and then to say cheers in Japanese? Kanpai. Kanpai. Kanpai.
0: Nicely. Kanpai. We'll do it. Little...
2: Nice to see you guys Cheers, here. my friend. Cheers. We've had this planned for a little while, um, <laughs> and luckily you got here in fantastic uh, California weather.
0: Yes, so, it was a beautiful drive up.
2: Yeah, yes. so next time you have to fly into our Santa Rosa Charles Schultz Snoopy Airport. I'm looking so forward easy. to that. It'll so be So easy. Yeah, it is really fantastic. Okay, so tell us about the sake.
0: Sure. Should I go right into the sake or should I back up and tell you a little bit about how we make the sake? Or do you want me to go right uh, into the sake?
2: Tell, tell us how we make it and we're going to sip. Uh,
0: I'll, do the, I'll <laughs> do the quick the quick tutorial. So sake, again, is rice-based. Most people know that. You take a grain of rice that comes off the field, um, the hull gets busted off, like it's almost like the sheath that gets left in the field. What comes off the field is brown. That brown part imparts off aromas, bitter flavor components, things that are not desirable to the process. So it first goes to the rice milling machine and they mill off that brown stuff and they want to get into the center of carbohydrate. It gets washed, it gets steamed for about 50 minutes. After the steaming process we're going to send some of it into a yeast starter tank, add some rice and water. Build up a high population of yeast for two weeks. Ko-
2: koji, right? we're, we're not no? there yet. Okay, All right. we're going to
0: take some of this. So we're going to take some rice. We're gonna, the rice is going to go. The steamed rice is going to go three ways. I'll try to be quick. No, you. Yeast starter tank.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We're also going to take some of it, and we're going to send the, the steamed rice to the koji room or the mold room. And it basically, it's a big long, it's a big long flat table. We're going to lay out the steamed rice on this big long flat table and sprinkle some mold on it. The mold is called koji keen. Um, It's going to sit in this hot room, in this mold room, for about 48 hours, and we want to build up basically the enzymes and the mold around the rice. The sole purpose of that mold is to break down the complex carbohydrates into their components of sugar so the yeast can gobble them up and convert them to alcohol. So once we build the yeast starter, that takes two weeks. We steam some of that rice, we make the mold. Then we put all of it into the fermentation tank. We add some more rice, some more water. It ferments for about a month. After four weeks of fermentation, we press the sake. It's going to go into either a storage tank, and it usually gets pasteurized when it goes to the storage tank, so that's one pasteurization. Then after that, when it gets bottled, it'll go through a second pasteurization. And that's it in a nutshell. I mean, we could do the three-hour version, but I think the, five, <laughs> well, the, the five-minute the 5 version is plenty. You
1: brought along a nice graph for us, or a, a chart for us to follow along as you explain that, at least for those of us in the studio. Yeah. It, it's not an easy process, bottom line.
0: It, yeah, there's, there's, I mean, there's probably a good... Just even in the basic chart, there's probably a good 20 steps yeah. to, get, yeah. to get to get to the end sake of the process. Sake
2: is a fine <coughs> art. And then the more you polish the rice, that's when you get your The higher finer. the quality of the sake. So right. you've
0: got your juma, your jumai ginjo, your dai daiginjo. And that all has to do, again, back to the milling of the rice. The more you're milling away those brands, lipids and proteins which are imparting off aromas, bitter flavor components, and getting to the center core. So the more you mill that away, you're getting into the finest part of the
2: rice. So we're smelling some sake right now. So one of the things I love about sake is that kind of melony... I like I like the more melony, cucumbery, um, silky sakes. You can get them a little bit more woody or smoky. Yeah,
0: sake So some, mm-hmm. some rice will actually or unfiltered be, also. Be, be matured in wood. And usually the wood is Yoshino Sugi. This is not. This is um, actually... Uh, fermented and enameline lined tanks, um, so it sees no wood. So this sake we have now, the uka dry, jumai daiginjo, jumai daiginjo being the highest quality category, meaning the rice by law must be milled to at least 50%. We exceed the quality category, we mill to 40, meaning we remove 60% of the kernel.
2: So, Keita, when yes. someone is coming into your restaurant and they are looking to order um, sake, mm-hmm. I mean, are you going by what they're eating? Are are you looking by, like, I I usually tell the sake sommelier or, Mm -hmm. you know, or an owner, um, I you know, what I like. I like cucumber. I like melanie and kind of. And I'll also take whatever suggestion they give me for my Mm -hmm. food as well. Sakes can get expensive, so make sure you're double-checking some (laughs) of that as well before you you go all in certainly yeah Yeah, I'm fortunate I've been pretty spoiled over my life I would
3: say a little Mm -hmm. bit of both Um, we always ask for we always ask if they have experience first of all with drinking sake if they don't we will ask them uh, what are they eating right and then we'll try to go with something that is um, more a little bit more neutral that, is, um, that goes well with the, goes well with the food. Um, also, um, we, and then like you said, we'll ask you know do you like a little bit more sweeter? Do you like it more drier? Do you like it more aromatic? You know what kind of flavors profile do you like? You know if they have had a sake before, most of the time they don't remember the name. Uh, it's very because that's why the, that's why there are these labels like the butterfly. It's very it's nice because it's catchy. People remember it, and then we'll ask them what kind of flavor for, profile was it, you know, and then they'll describe it. And we'll try to bring out something that is closer to that, mm-hmm. and also something to go well with the food that they're ordering as well.
2: The Des- descriptions for sakes on menus are like my favorite. They'll be like, like. It's like cool mountain rain and, and and Japanese you know Japanese cherry blossom and you know you know you standing on a mountain like demon slayer things like that
1: so. we're in the Drive Brew ha ha the Drive Brew ha ha brought to you by the Russian River Brewing Company and the Victory House at Poppy Bank Epicenter our guest today Michael John Vice President of Development with the Omurasaki Beverage Company and Chef Keita Tominaga from Hana Japanese Restaurant Chef Keita for someone who comes into your restaurant who has never had sake before, yes. where do you start them?
3: That's a great question. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think what I think the, the typical person that would order they'll probably order some sushi uh, when they come in. So I think uh, to go with sushi, I think the uh, uka personally my favorite out of all. They're all great, but personally my favorite is the uka dry. It has a nice crisp uh, towards and uh, towards uh, finish at, towards the end, uh, and then but it's very uh, a little bit mellow on the aromatic as well. So it doesn't get in the way with a lot of the fish flavors. But just enough uh, crisp and dryness to cut a little bit of that fat coming from maybe like the bluefin tuna belly or mm. uh, some of the oily fish uh, on God. the sushi as well. I wish
2: that was my starter sushi. But <laughs> <I don't. laughs> yes. Yep. Yeah. And, and that's a Junmai my right? Yeah,
3: all,
0: all three of the sakes we're tasting tonight are Junmai Dai Genja, And that's the, the highest. The highest quality category. Okay. Yes. And
2: then, um, so Michael... John from um, Omurasaki 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 Beverage Company Um, just poured us some side by side. So we're going to do a sake vertical.
0: This this is really fun because what we have in the two bottles that I've just poured we have the Uka Dry and the Uka Black Label. Same water, same mold, same rice, same milling rate, same brewery. However, we've swapped out the yeast. Oh. So the yeast in Uka Dry Organic Jumai Daiginjo is, unfortunately, it's a Japanese term, but Utsukushima Yume Kobo. Utsukushima means beautiful Fukushima. Yume means dream. Kobo means yeast. So that's one yeast. And then in the Uka Black label, we used another yeast, and I'll tell you why that's so important. We used another yeast called Utsukushima Kirameki Kobo, beautiful Fukushima sparkly yeast. But the main important thing, you're not going to remember that part, is it's blows. Me, it even blows me away, and I'm in the industry, how much... The yeast affects the finality of the sake because everything's identical in these two glasses of these two bottles, but the yeast makes an entirely different aroma profile and an entirely different Uh. flavor profile.
2: Wow, the second one is really elevated and a little bit more floral and Mm -hmm. deeper, certainly more profound. Wow, that is that's incredible! Wow,
0: absolutely. Well, I Munch on my. I like grill. how he's
2: nodding though. So. <laughs> yeah, that's so
0: great on radio.
2: no <laughs> so he's not. He's agreeing with me.
0: Okay. I got my delicious little onigiri over here, and I was. Oh like yeah,
2: Kaita brought us these amazing um, rice balls with a like grilled salmon in the middle, wrapped in uh, nori seaweed. Mm-hmm.
3: Yep, I got. I put a little shiso in there to give mm. it a little little fragrance. Shiso. Yes, yeah. a plus. Thank tables. you very much.
2: And this is what like you would grab instead of Taco Bell at late night at 7-Eleven. <laughs> yes. Although this is high, a little obvious higher or end. Or
3: just, you know, lunchtime going picnic, school, you know, Bento everyone box. everyone everyone grows up with eating these. Yeah.
2: Nice. Well, I wish I wish I had. So this is fantastic. So what do you think of the Okay, so I'm just smelling the aromas.
1: Yeah, it's interesting how different they are just based on the yeast. Yeah. Uh at the aromatics as you said. And although, uh, even a little bit in color, just a tad bit in color there in, in difference. Or maybe right. I just have a dirty glass. Yeah. Uh, no.
2: no. No, I guess it's the same. It's the same.
0: But you know, the, the Uka Dry is kind of shy, ethereal, light, clean, crisp. The Uka Black Labels, much higher aroma, much bigger flavor profile. Body. And more that's body. all in the body, and yep. it's got more umami, and it's all simply from the use of a different type of yeast. And silkier. Mm.
2: So the koji also I've had where they give you at the sa- – we had like a, a – there was like a sake festival. The time, mm. And they gave out some koji the after um, after it's been used. And you can actually – it's like super creamy, white, and you can actually use it and I mean, you could even spread it on a cracker. Um, I remember that. That was like really, really good. It's supposed to be really, really good for you. the
0: Are you thinking of sake kasu? Like after the after the sake has been pressed?
2: It's like this creamy... It could be the Maybe the least,
3: possibly. They use that for cooking a a wall, and then uh, they dissolve it with hot water sometimes to make a drink, or Mm -hmm. they marinate fish or protein using that.
2: Okay, so so we're... Really quickly. So, what do you think, Harry, of the taste? Uh, also, you
1: know, I, I rarely have sake. I probably only had it the last time. The last time Katie was in, quite <laughs> frankly. <laughs>
0: well, <laughs> well, well, Harry, I'm it's thankful. I'm thankful that you're not a sake virgin, at least.
1: No, no. I mean, I've had it in the past, but it's not. It's not something that I regularly seek out. Mm-hmm. It um, is my favorite drink, and and it's delightful. Yeah. Quite frankly, yeah. You know?
2: Isn't that nice? And the thing with sake is, it like I used. I've been a single mom a long time. I used to go over to Hana, sit by myself sometimes when I didn't have the kids, and I would have a little sake and it, um, when I didn't have the kids. Uh, <laughs> back again, And it takes you down the elevator a floor or two.
1: We're in the middle of the drive, haha with her Linda Harris. Cheers. Our guest today, Michael John, VP of Development with the Omurasaki Beverage Company, and Chef Keita Tominaga from the Hana Japanese Restaurant in Roanert Park. By the way, uh, Omurasaki information can be found at omurasaki.us. And Hana Japanese restaurant information is at HanaJapanese.com.
2: You can look on the uh, Bruhaha Facebook page as well, and also it will be on podcast. Don't forget.
1: radio.com is our website for podcasts. Yeah. Chef Kada how are things going at Hana these days?
3: Uh, things are, uh, you know, doing good. We are uh, staying busy. Uh, we're trying to I'm trying to put in my own flavors and uh, change the menu up a little bit here and there, Um But I'm happy, and I've been trying to uh, be behind the sushi bar more. I'm usually stuck in the kitchen uh, a lot of times, but I'm trying to spend more time at the sushi bar, engaging with the guests more. So I've been having a blast, uh, you know, seeing old customers and also uh, new customers as well. Um, And also today, you know, we're tasting these beautiful uh, ukasake from uh, Michael. Um, And if you ever... Curious on the flavors because we're, you know, we, we can only do so much describing the flavors over the uh, radio. Uh, please stop by the restaurant and we'll be happy to give you guys support of the sake as well.
1: What are your hours these days?
3: Uh, We are uh, open through uh, Tuesday through Saturday uh, from uh, 4.30 uh, to 9 on the weekdays and Friday, Saturday, 4 o'clock to 9 o'clock on uh, Friday, Saturdays.
1: Are reservations preferred?
3: Uh, We prefer prefer, uh, reservations, uh, especially for Friday, Saturdays. Uh, We usually get uh, pretty busy. Um, But, you know, feel free to call us or um, uh, just book your uh, table through OpenTable. (coughs) Okay,
2: and then the izakaya, the they have like a bar um, area. You can actually go and sit at the bar and still get you know, spo-
3: you know you, you, a, you, a you know meal
2: and a beer guys, you
0: West Coast guys close early. <laughs> at, <laughs> at nine p.m., we're we're getting ready to go out to eat dinner, and you close. Well, tonight. we're I mean, not exactly
3: New York City. Here. Thank you.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's taking time. Things actually have gotten a lot earlier in the past. Uh, Well, of course. Seriously, it is
0: funny when I hear what restaurants close at nine o'clock. I'm like, wow, that is is early. (laughs) That is
2: early. Yeah. Well, in many of the local communities,
1: we roll up the sidewalks at nine o'clock, so the restaurants have to close as
2: well. Yeah, unfortunately. Hopefully, that will change. Um, And then, so we're having like we just did the side by side uh, vertical tasting of the two sakes. Yes. uh, Same rice. um,
0: Same rice, same water, same mold. Same brewer, it's just the different yeast. Different and it's, yeast. it's really, that. It's, and I wanted to do that for you guys to show you the, the impactfulness of, of what yeast does to the sake.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. and for everything, like really, like, I mean, beer, like, you think about Belgian yeast, you think about wine and their yeast, et cetera, as well. Sure. It's all about the, the oh, yeast and the flavors and the aromas. For
0: you, for your brew, haha. Um, the same genus and species used for beer brewing, which uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong, it's Saccharomyces, Saccharomyces Yep. So we use exactly the same genus and species for sake, just different varieties. Mm-hmm. The the varieties that we use can ferment up to 22 percent alcohol by volume mm-hmm. naturally, but it is the same yeast used for beer for See? beer brewing.
2: There you go.
3: Wow. Well, Once again,
1: we do not need to justify why mm-hmm. we have sake <laughs> on the brouhaha.
2: But the onom sake, one of the cool things about this also is that the, the rice. Is grown here in California uh, and then sent over to Japan.
0: To Fukushima, 100% USDA organic rice from the San Joaquin Valley.
2: And the Koda rice, you may see, like, I mean, mean, it's like Oliver's and other grocery stores, and of course in the Asian markets, you'll see the Koda rice, K O D A. You can buy that sushi rice as well. Sure. Mm -hmm. And um, that's a fantastic bean. It's it's a delicious rice. rice. Oh my gosh, it's so great. It's such a great rice. So I was really excited when I got to meet the farmers. Yeah, I mean, you, got, you got to meet Lisa got, yeah, yeah, now I just need to go to the sake brewery. It will be set. Okay, Michael, so, how
1: yeah. does one find themselves in this business? Where did mm-hmm. you come from? What's your background? And how did you I'll, end up I'll, here?
0: I'll try to make it really quick. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in the wine industry. I have a Japanese language background from Cornell University. I ended up getting married to a Japanese woman. But none of that really has anything to do with sake. I happened to be at a job. Jap- this is a true story. I happened to be at a Japanese networking party in Inglewood, New Jersey <laughs> – just a little north of Manhattan, and there I met the son of a brewing family from Niigata, and he had just finished his MBA in the United States. And long story short, we met, and he said, "Hey, you're, you're oh, you're in the wine industry. I I want to start a, a sake import company. Could I can, could I consult with you? Could I speak with you?" And I ended up, long story short, I ended up working with him for two years. And I'd already been going to Japan, but that year was 2003. I went to Japan six times with him and visited 12 breweries in Japan in Niigata. And we brought back 18 products. It was called Niigata Saki Selections. They still exist. Um, but I was uh, instrumental with Ataru Kobayashi starting Niigata Saki Selections. And we brought in 18 products from 11 breweries. Um, and that's, that's and, I, and I thought it was going to be a one-off. Like, I thought I'd just do that and then I'd go back to my wine industry. But it just turned out to be a really good niche, so I'm still here. I'm sure
2: mm. in, in the Japanese culture and, and I love in, it. I mean, my wife is Japanese.
0: Or, I go to Japan back and forth. I, no, it's it's my second home. I feel very comfortable Speaking there.
2: of, like, wife, um, so you brought something that most people don't know exists. Uh, Wives. Uh, sparkling <laughs> sake for Valentine's Day is coming up.
1: Sparkling uh, sake. Sparkling yes.
2: sake. So kind of like uh, instead of, like, a great alternative to champagne. Easter uh new year's eve uh christmas valentine's whoa here put it in my glass put it in my yeah. glass <laughs> I,
0: I hope i hope it they can hear bubbly. that on the microphone
2: it is bubbly and i um, I was a little worried I about ju- that i just did a blend that's okay because you know hey
0: thank I'm, you i'm not sure
2: doing that so uh so it is very sparkly very sparkly
0: uh <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna pass it down for everybody um, so this, I'd like to uh, point out this sparkling sake. So number one is what in Japanese we refer to as usu nigori. Some of you might know the term nigori, which means you'll think over see the creamy, cloudy type sakes. Usu simply means light or faint. So usu nigori means faint or lightly or light, lightly creamy or cloudy. It's organic, and the bubbles, the effervescence, is natural, meaning that some just like cheap sodas or inexpensive sodas. They're inoculated with CO2. That's how you make soda pop. Mm-hmm. This is a natural fermentation. It's wow. not method champenois. But what we do is we make the sake, we press it, we immediately put it in bottle, we tightly seal it, and it goes into a room at 15 Celsius for 10 days. So it's just a continuation of the first fermentation, so it's natural CO2.
2: So, But mm. but unlike uh, like a method champenois like champagnes, there's no... Um, m- m- disengorgement or m- no, disgorge. not in this.
0: We are in the midst of developing one of those now, ah. and it'll be released in 2024. Mm. Um, but uh, this, this is not. It's just simply the bottle is tightly sealed, and the CO2 is naturally created within the bottle and and kept in the bottle because it's tightly sealed. So this
2: is another good one, also for we we're talking about that it's Lunar New Year right now for some as they call it Chinese New Year, Asian New Year. Um, so once again, I get to practice. Uh, akimash- ak- akimashi- oh my gosh! Ak- yeah, you've had a little ma- sake te- now. It's yeah. tough to say. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> Akimashite
0: <omedito gozaimasu>. Yeah, <laughs> what they said.
3: <laughs>
1: By the way, that was the fifth time we've used the word disengorge on today's drive. So really? no more use of the oh, word yeah, well, disengorge. Eric
2: Miller was in here earlier, so yes. no surprise from yeah. Kokomo. I love him. Uh, so Okay, so this is fantastic. So it's very, it's more like what you almost would say, like pétillon. So it's like really little bubbles.
1: Yeah, the, the bubbles are are mm-hmm. slight, I will mm-hmm. say. I mean, and if you're expecting you to see them streaming from the bottom yeah. of the glass, that's not going to happen. <laughs> and it's natural.
2: And it's a, almost a little citrusy. It mm-hmm. is. Yeah. Great,
0: great catch. It is a little citrusy. And we've got super mm-hmm. high acidity. It is very citrusy, and it's a nice balance of that sugar that's Mm -hmm. still in the bottle, Mm -hmm. but enough acid in there to kind of balance it out.
1: Herlinda.
2: So there's a couple things I wanted to talk about. Like So there's this beautiful little wooden box. Um, So if you've ever gone to um, a Japanese restaurant, the higher-end sakes will be poured in like a little glass. And actually, I want to mention also, this is cold sake. Mm -hmm. Like, for people who are out there who have only had Uh -uh. hot sake, that's usually... Very inexpensive sake heated when you 're having higher end sakes, they are served, and they should be served cold that 's a
0: good a good a good general rule
2: so there 's this little box called a masu
0: correct, and it's uh, what a lot of people don 't know is it 's not to drink sake out of it. it is actually a measurement of rice, and it has been for hundreds of years in Japan. And if you think about it, so first of all, so the masu, which is made out of uh, Japanese wood called Yoshinosugi. Yoshinosugi is a type of Japanese cedar. In Latin it would be called Cryptomeria. Um, th- these boxes that I brought in are from Aichi Prefecture, which has these, fa- these famous forests for Yoshinosugi. And the box contains one go. The measurement is called Ichigo. Ichigo, Nigo, like one go, two go, three go. One go is the 180 mil- or the equivalent of 180 milliliters. Now back to these sake bottles that I have here, and all the sake bottles that are at Kaito's restaurant, in general, um, the the average bottle size is not 750 milliliter. They're 720. Huh. The reason they're 720 is what does sake come from? Sake comes from rice. Mm-hmm. How do we measure rice? This wooden box. It's a mm-hmm. This wooden box contains one go, which is 180 milliliters. So these bottles, like if, we were, if I was a waitstaff person in Keita's restaurant, I'd say, Keita, bin, Keita, please give me a four-go bottle. Four-go is four times 180 milliliters, which is 720 yeah. milliliters.
3: Hi, on the way.
1: <laughs> we usually don't do math on the brouhaha, but today we'll make I'm, I'm an exception. i definitely not doing math now. <laughs>
2: Uh, so, they, so that's very interesting. But then also, like, have you ever had them where they, they pour the sake and it overflows over Correct. the glass there's, there's, into the masu? There's two mo-
0: methodologies box. of that. One, like, when I'm in Japan. And also, well, I haven't seen this so much here in the United States where they'll take the masu and they'll put the masu on a saucer. And, again, it's to show generosity to the guests. And so, they, they, so again, the masu contains one go. So a typical pour in Japan of sake is a go. So they'll put the masu on the plate and they'll walk over to the table with the ichi beam, which is a 1.8 liter, which is ten times the box. So
2: that's like a, our a, mag- a magnum. It's magnum. like a magnum, mm-hmm. and yeah. they
0: come over and they pour the bottle into the t- onto into the masu on the table and overfill it, or into the plate to show generosity to the guests. And so I've they, been told also yeah. it's
2: really it's good luck. It's for prosperity and, and overflowing with prosperity and good mm-hmm. health and. And good luck. And also, like, if you are a special guest, it is a nice All drink. All the
3: above. Yes. And then also, you know, sake is the, they call it the drink of the kamisama, the gods in Japan. So, uh, you know, when you want, when you overflow it, you know, you want to drink it on, like, special occasions to celebrate certain things. Uh, and those are the kind of the reasons you drink uh, sake as well.
2: So, when did you have your first taste of sake, uh, Keita? Um, I, I don't know, for legal purposes. <laughs> I'm, I'm just yeah, kidding. Wait, okay. <laughs> I, if you I would, haven't noticed we, we don't really care about legality. I would here. say
3: um my I think my first sip was uh, when I was still young, you know, just mm-hmm. um just a sip, you know, because they always say, you know, your palates and your taste buds develops, you know, very oh, yes. at a very young age, you know. So, you know, I was I will, you know, take a little lick off the bottle and you know, put that input that in the back of my head, you know, to, I would like to see it. that on video. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to do some digging. Like the lick Kato lick in the, the bottles. <laughs> I'll have to do some digging, but yeah, in, the, in early age, you know, just trying to uh, develop the flavors, you know, as well.
2: So your dad, um, my mentor for sake as well. What did he teach you? Do you think? Uh, he, uh, Kenichi Tomonaga, our, as many I, of our good friends. I think
3: as much. We probably talked more about food uh, and then sake. I think, but um, I think when it comes to sake, uh, him and I were very a firm believer of. Uh, and we wanted to go well with food, you know. Um, sometimes uh, certain sakes drink well on its own. Uh, some go really well with food, but our common uh, flavor profile we both shared was um, uh, sake to go well with food, and, uh, and during the meal drink, you know, instead of the uh, before and after uh, meal drinks.
2: Yeah. Okay. And you brought also a special treat. This reminds me of the Botarga. I've had in Italy that gets uh, – it's a fish row that gets shaved yeah, onto the food. Yeah, it's a uh, – so You it's, made this.
3: Yes. Uh, it's a mullet. Uh, fish is, the fish is mullet. Uh, it's the row of the mullet. Um, and uh, I pack, pack it in salt for about four to five days. Uh, I pull uh, and then we, I rehydrate it plus take out the salt for about two to three days and actually sake or sometimes uh, people use shochu as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and then the drying process. Um, I, I wanted to make it so it's, um, when it's cold, I'll put it outside about t- below 10 degrees Celsius. If it's a little bit higher, I'll keep it in the, in the fridge and I, I brush the outside with sake uh, every day. Um, to make sure it's sanitized and then um, all the flavor goes inside and the whole process takes about a month to make. Really yes. So if
2: somebody's wanting to learn about sake, uh, basic, what should they do? And like, we're going to keep it in the brief of that.
0: One point I'll make, whether, whether it's wine or sake or beer or cider, which you can chime in on, I always tell my students or people that ask me to, to catalog the memory. If they have a a sake from Niigata and they liked it and it was Jumai Dai Ginjo catalog that okay I I drank a sake from Niigata last night it was clean dry crisp it was a Jumai Dai Ginjo and I really liked it and then remember that so when the next time you go drink something you could either compare and contrast it with whatever the next item is but that applies to wine it applies to Mm -hmm. cider it applies to beer I'm
1: sure there's an app for that
2: Yeah. yeah Yeah, if not probably I guess just your notes on your phone your notes app Mm -hmm. I mean I used to keep a little book for wine yeah. a long time ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's oh. really cool. And then also, if like somebody's coming in to learn, you can come into Hana. Yes. he's offering you to try the taste of uh, mm-hmm. uh,
3: the yeah uka. Yes, yeah uka as well. And then just uh, our uh, staff is uh, very well educated, you know, mm-hmm. with the process of sake and uh, as well. So you know, just come on in, ask for a recommendation.
0: Okay, so oh. how many sakes do you have uh, at, at uh, <laughs>
3: Hana? Uh, I we probably have I'll uh, probably about. 20, 30, depending on the season as well, and then uh, seasonality as well. Okay. All right.
1: Our guests today on the Drive Brew Haha have been Michael John, Vice President of Development with the Omurasaki Beverage Company, and Chef Kena Tomonaga from Rohnert Park's Hana Japanese Restaurant. Thanks for being on the Brew Haha, guys. Thanks, guys. Thank
2: Thank you very much. Thanks for having us. So
3: much fun.